Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. A stroll back in history now. They're gonna tear my house down. That crew from the WPA. Blues man Casey Bill Weldon singing about a government stimulus program, the WPA, one of the largest programs from the Roosevelt-era New Deal in the 1930s. And around the U.S., you can find plenty of evidence of that New Deal to end the Depression, government spending that put people to work and literally changed the course of mighty rivers. Grand Coulee Dam in Washington State, the world's biggest concrete structure. Behind it is stored water from the mighty Columbia With an economic and cultural legacy, the New Deal can still be felt 80 years downstream, which makes even more mystifying another, even bigger government program from just four years ago. The American Recovery and Reinvestment Act doesn't exactly lend itself to a song lyric. Nearly $800 billion, though, spent by the Obama administration, and it's as though the whole program was a covert black ops secret for all the attention it gets. Woody Guthrie wrote folk songs about the New Deal, but nobody speaks about the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act, the stimulus program, except for the Republicans who have turned hatred of this program into a campaign issue. Telling the positive economic story of a program which may have staved off a depression has cast this veteran journalist as an Obama salesman. End up coming off almost like a shill. There's a funny scene in the book where where Joe Biden would take my articles to bed and cuddle with them. Um, you know, I'm just a I'm a news reporter. I, you know, I was just sort of following a story. I didn't mean to come off as this you know very pro Obama guy. Michael Grunwald was a national correspondent for Time Magazine, and he can get nearly apoplectic talking about how difficult it has been to tell the real story behind President Obama's stimulus act in his new book, The New New Deal: The Hidden Story of Change in the Obama Era. Grunwald says this hidden story was actually in plain sight. One problem is when you you call it a jobs bill at a time when jobs are hemorrhaging. You know, they they lost 800,000 jobs in January before this thing passed. The next quarter, it was the biggest improvement in 30 years, but you're still losing jobs. And all people hear is jobs bill, we're losing jobs. Um, That doesn't sound so good. Then at the same time, you've got this incredible campaign of Republican distortion. You've got some real communication and political mistakes by the Democrats. And you've got a media that really kind of screwed the pooch on the story (laughs) altogether. The, uh, you know, turns into this $800 billion boondoggle. Let's uh, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what it was like back in uh, 2008, 2009 when the money was being spent. If you went around in America, and I remember traveling a good bit. And you'd see every once in a while a sign at a bridge that was being reconstructed or something. This is stimulus money, a road that was being widened. There was, there was definitely evidence of the stimulus. What did you see and why wasn't there maybe more visibility? You know, your first question in a way sort of answers itself. There were more than 100,000 projects and they were everywhere. You know, they weren't the sort of uh, all classic New Deal projects, the libraries, the public parks. Um, Some of them were a little more hidden, you know, working on a smart grid. You know, the world's largest solar farms and and wind farms out in in the desert where people don't see them. High-speed rail, which took a while to get moving. But there were absolutely things happening all over the place. Again, you know, people don't don't look in their paycheck and see that they got an extra eight or nine bucks a, a week because the stimulus cut their taxes. They don't realize that the 
the stimulus gave a couple hundred billion dollars to their states to help them avoid laying off massive amounts of teachers and cops. Um, it wasn't as necessarily in your face, but it was just as extensive as the entire New Deal. And even though the New Deal was, you know, this sort of it was an era. It was an aura. It went on for years. It was a whole bunch of legislation, some of it contradictory. Uh, the stimulus was just this one bill that passed before most of the guys in the White House even knew where the bathrooms were. So I think it was then suddenly it was on to the next. It was on to the auto bailout. It was on to, on to health care. And all people had was this relentless Republican message of no big government, big spending, big mess. Describe the fiscal situation that Obama faced when he came into office and how in some ways – and you described this really well – a $787 billion spending package right off the bat didn't necessarily play to Obama's instincts as a centrist, as a – in some ways a fiscal conservative. Yeah, that's right. I I say that he sort of uh, – he thought of himself more as the dad taking the keys away from the kid than the, uh, the kid going out on the joyride. Um, you know, he really – wanted to be fiscally conservative and in many ways the the recovery act was and the first thing you got to remember is that you know for a deficit you know the worst thing that can absolutely happen is a depression you know that's that's when corporations have no profits and stop paying taxes and people have no jobs and stop paying taxes and in the fourth quarter of 2008 the US GDP was declining at a 9% annual rate that is depression territory. You know, people have forgotten about that because you had had this financial earthquake and sort of the tsunami hadn't really hit the shore. But we were in an absolute economic freefall. Do you, you think know, Obama – is there consensus that economists believe that that stimulus and other policies turned it around, prevented something much worse from happening, prevented essentially the two years of Herbert Hoover – that uh, FDR inherited? Or the five years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, th- there's a very strong – there have been more than a dozen studies of that, uh, that have already looked at the actual impact of the stimulus and uh, and those have all found a really – you know, that they've increased GDP probably 2 to 4 percent, um, which is really the difference between, you know, growth and contraction um, that created 2 or 3 million jobs, which is not the 8 million that were lost but is, you know, a lot better than – losing a heck of a lot more. Um, And every major macroeconomic forecaster who sort of isn't working for a political party has agreed that this thing absolutely did create jobs and produce growth. So it was economically responsible. If we look at, uh, you know, huge spending binges on the part of the federal government, um, how would we compare the $787 billion in this stimulus to the money that was spent, say, on the war in Iraq, the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, in the previous administration? Uh, is there a ratio of misspending, of uh, bad decisions, of you know, just plain and simple corruption or misguided programs uh, that we can compare this to maybe spending binges in the past? Sure. I mean, what the Recovery Act was the most scrutinized, most transparent money that this country has ever spent. The actual projects, 100,000 projects in this thing, um, people were expecting 5 to 7 percent of it would be lost to fraud. So far, it's been about 0.001 percent. No kidding. That's amazing. Uh, what were the missteps, the real missteps on the part of the Obama administration that in, in a sense played into the opposition's hands? You know – he made all kinds of mistakes, particularly on the political and communication side. Now, there's a funny scene at the beginning where they realized the stimulus message was getting out of hand and they set up interviews with all the major networks and we're just going to sell this thing. We're going to tell Anderson Cooper. We're going to tell Katie Couric and we're going to finally put, you know, 
get our message out. And that morning, Tom Daschle <laughs> withdrew his nomination to be in the cabinet. And all the questions were about how did you screw this up? So there were absolutely messaging problems. There were some substantive problems that they didn't follow up with the transportation bill, you know, that they didn't do more to kind of blame things on Bush. You know, all of these things are sort of valid criticisms. But in the end, I really do think that, you know, as nasty and and misleading as the Republicans were, as sometimes incompetent as the Democrats were, as completely ridiculous as the media was, the real problem was that you had a jobs bill at a time when jobs were disappearing. Mm. And it's really hard to sell that kind of message to an angry electorate. Michael Grunwald, national correspondent for Time magazine and author of The New New Deal, The Hidden Story of Change in the Obama Era. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.